record. Welcome to Not a Grande Outdoors. This is Rodney Wood here with Kyle Jackson. Hello. We're going to talk a little bit about scouting today. We went out this weekend into the Colin Neblet South Unit 54 to do a little bit of scouting for our elk hunt. Yes, we did. Um, that is a wildlife management area uh, owned by State Game Commission. Uh, but uh, we kind of loopholed it a little bit. Yeah, not not allowed to go scouting in a wildlife management area until 14 days before your hunt. Yeah. Um, with the situation of, of your wife um, being due right around that time, we knew that this was going to be our only opportunity to go scouting. Um, and so... We loopholed it, as you said, and we went grouse hunting. We did, which we've been wanting to do for a while. Yes. Um, we saw that episode of uh, Meat Eater where Steve Ranella went uh, hunting grouse up in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And while this is not Alaska, we do have dusky grouse, mm -hmm. blue grouse here in New Mexico. And so, uh, you know, I called up my brother. Uh, he said, oh, yeah, I've gone in grouse hunting there. A lot. Yeah. So we said, hey, let's go grouse hunting. And so we did. We did. Um, and so gave us the opportunity to see, well, gave Rodney, I've, I've seen that country a lot. I, I, yeah. know, I know that country quite well. I've been in there. I've hunted in there before. But Rodney has it. So it gives him, give him a little bit of the opportunity to see some of that country, which is, a lot of what scouting is. Correct, yeah. And that's, you know, we weren't, so there's a few things that we were looking for when we were, when we go scouting. Uh, and, and granted, there's very few options for camping or entrance into this wildlife management area. But one of the things that we were looking for um, is camping spot. Yep. Um, and how we were going to get to it. And not only that, but how long it takes. Uh, due to the nature of this hunt and, and the fact that we're hoping to camp but may end up driving, we needed to know these things. How long is it going to take to get there so we can get there at a reasonable time to start the morning hunt? So there was a lot of factors rather than just looking for elk. You know, like I said, how long does it take us to get there? What's the road conditions? Um, where are we going to camp? Well, I think, uh, I think the, um, at least for us, the whole point in our scouting is kind of illustrated by something our wives said whenever we got back. Won't you see anything? Right. And that's not the main point of going scouting for no. us. No. No, it's not. Um, we don't have game cameras out. We're not trying to pattern animals. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're not trying to identify a certain animal that we're going to gonna go after because right now it obviously it's way too soon mm -hmm. to be able to know first of all if that animal is even gonna be in that area uh, and secondly it, you know there's two archery hunts and muzzle I don't think there's muzzle your hunt but uh, there's at least three hunts in there prior to whenever we get to go hunt there yeah <laughs> and so we're not trying to identify an animal that we're gonna go after no no we're just looking for you know some elk sign 
because we want there to be animals. We, we and we did we did kind of um, scout up an area. We're not going to tell you where it is, but we did kind of <laughs> scout up an area that definitely has elk in it. We saw quite a few elk. Yeah. Um, and and so it gives us an area that we are going to begin hunting in. Um, we found the area that we want to camp. You know, the the wildlife management area, uh, Colin Neblet only has uh, has a single designated yeah. camping area. Yeah, uh, to the north of Tolby Meadows. Right, and we don't want to camp there. Uh, there's 20 hunters, 20 elk hunters. There's not going to be any other hunters in there. No, well, maybe grouse hunters. Uh, <laughs> maybe I doubt it, but yeah. But but yeah, there's there's 20 elk tags. Uh, we hold three of them, me, you, and um, the missing link, Didon, who just never is here. Um, but So that's three of the 20 tags that that are there, and a lot of those people are going to be camped at Dolby Meadows. Yeah, I'd say probably, um, I'm not going to say majority, but at least half will likely be uh, camped mm-hmm. uh, at at the designated camping area. And that's because, really, when you look at that unit, Tolby Meadows, if you were, if you were to just go in uh, and, and Google Earth, colon wildlife, uh, colon neblet wildlife management area, mm-hmm. your eye is immediately drawn to Tolby Meadows. Absolutely. Because yeah. whenever you think about elk habitat, that's what you think it's an open space it's likely got water if you haven't been in there before you can tell it's probably got some water there there uh it's surrounded by uh, ridges and and trees and cover uh and so you know when you think about what do elk need to live it's the four basics water food cover and space and that area has it has it all in abundance yes um so your eyes naturally drawn to that, and if you've never hunted that area, you're gonna think, "Yep, that's where I want to go." Problem with that is everybody else is looking at the same spot. Yes, and and we found that when we went in there, we uh, did. We did go into Tolby Meadows, and in Tolby Meadows alone, there was three, three of the archery ten hunters. archery hunters. That... Three of the ten archery hunters right there in Tolby Meadows, and with archery, that may not be as big of a deal, because. Toby Meadows is a pretty large area. Fairly large. Um, but when it comes to a rifle hunt, which is what we have, that's that shrinks that area considerably. Considerably, yeah. You know. Um, and so you can just count on again, I'm not gonna put a number on, I'm not gonna say half or, or but you you can count on there being hunters in Toby Meadows because that's where your eye is drawn. Yeah, and those that are camped there at the Tolby Meadow Campground um, every morning, it's going to be a mad rush up the hill. mad rush up the hill to get to Tolby Meadow first. Yep, that's that's what we're going to deal with, and we don't really want to deal with that. So, although we went and looked at Tolby Meadows, um, that's not the area that we scouted out to begin our hunt. We're in a completely different area, and we're hoping that it pays dividends. Yeah, um, when you really get down and look at at the country there, uh, obviously Tolby Meadows is is, in, is a place where you you're gonna your eyes gonna be drawn to. But when you get down and start looking at it, uh, 
there's some other areas where you can say, yep, I would bet you there's probably going to be elk there. And so when we went scouting, we kind of confirmed that. Yes. Uh, and while they weren't directly in the place that we, you know, are going to be hunting, they were in the general vicinity. Correct. Which, uh, as Rodney puts it, is in our wheelhouse. Yes. And that's about all you can really hope for when it comes to, uh, you know, big areas, big game hunting, is that they stick around in the same general vicinity. Yeah. yeah, And they will. Yeah. So it's archery hunt right now. Um, Are we the... We're the first month. Are we We're the first, the first rifle? rifle? So, so that's good because you know your archers aren't going to run them. Generally not. Pull them out of the country. No. Um, you know, so um, we're going to hope that some of those elk uh, are in the same area. Well, and uh, the you know uh, the majority of what we saw were just bulls batched up together. Right. And so you can count on the fact that those bulls are not going to be batched up by the Mm -hmm. time that it gets to our hunt. They're going to go through the rut. They're going to split off. They're going to start chasing cows. They're going to spread out. Um, And then they kind of do their own thing. Right. And so, again, we weren't looking for specific animals. We were looking for access. Mm -hmm. We were looking for a general area that we want to hunt where we see elk sign or know that there are going to be animals. We're looking for the quickest way to get there without having to mad rush with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's really what 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 you're looking at as far as the the way we're we approach Correct. scouting. What what we were looking for um, the the specific things that we have identified as important to the beginning of our hunt. So let's talk about sign real quick because we did see some good sign. We did see some really good elk sign in there. <clears throat> what do you look for, Rodney, as far as, um, as far as what you want to see uh, in elk sign in an area? Well, so first let's split it up. There's two, there's two types of of sign on the ground when we're talking about looking for elk that I that I want to see. There's the natural sign, which is um, bedding areas, water, trails. So um, you're talking about habitat, habitat that would habitat keep elk in that area. Correct. Yeah. Th- that th- there's those kinds of sign, you know. So yeah, any ridge is going to have elk on it from time to time. And what you want to find is something that looks like it's providing that good habitat. So. Uh, feeding areas that are close to drinking areas that are close to bedding areas that are close to open areas that, that also have good cover you know and you covered that a little bit about the Tolby Meadows and that area itself it has all of those things around it but you also want to find an area that has those four things in close proximity because because that's what's going to happen those elk are going to utilize that and then you have the physical sign of the elk so you have tracks you have droppings or scat. Uh, these are things that you're just going to find throughout. And then you have uh, elk scrapes, which is where they're digging into the ground with their paws and their antlers and pissing all over the ground. So you Basically get that marking, strong order. Kind of making, they're marking territory. Marking their territory. Yeah. Um, and then you have rubs, which is where 
they have rubbed the velvet off of their horns on a tree. We saw, all, oh, and also you have wallers. Um, um, and so when you start finding these was things. It, was it a wall, waller, waller with an R? A wall. Waller. Yeah. yeah. A wallow. <laughs> Bite me, Kyle. Uh, yes, a waller. Um, when you start finding these things, so so the tracks and the droppings are elk associated. The rubs, the scrapes, the wallows are all bull associated. Um, we found one rub that was pretty high. That's a good indication that that is a fairly large bull. It was also a fairly large tree that he had destroyed it wasn't some little bitty sapling it's a good good sized tree that he destroyed um and he had the branches broke off real high so you really don't have to see this bull to know that he's probably a pretty good bull and again speaking in generalities mm -hmm. um but but you can though there's those physical indicators that you can tell uh you know if it's a little bitty old sapling it may just be a little raghorn messing around or even but, a deer or even a deer but if you've got, uh, you know, this this one that you were talking about was probably at least uh, four to four to six inches, four to six inches, yeah, uh, in diameter, and was rubbed uh, or t you know touched and rubbed in the middle, but you know, uh, rub markings from ground to yeah above. So I'm I'm six seven foot. I'm five foot ten. Five foot eleven, uh, and I couldn't reach the topest, the the topmost branch that he had broke off. So, that's you know that's a good. I, I'm not saying he's a four hundred class bull. No, but, but he, you he's know he's got some length. He's he's definitely yeah. a mature bull. He's definitely got some size to him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so the other thing that I think it's really important to talk about, and we talked about it when mm -hmm. we were out there, was. There's always talk about, well, is the rut going to happen early this year? It's, you know, we don't get to hunt in the rut, and so it's not a, a, a big thing for us. And actually, I think I want to touch on that first, um, for, for, because we're not going to be able to rely uh, on first rubs. First off, let's okay, let's define rut real quick. Okay, okay, the rut is when the cow elk are in estrus ready to breed okay that is a complete and separate thing from rut activity okay rut activity is bulls bugling scraping rubbing walling and excessive bugling because bulls they'll bugle, you, in mid -July. They'll, they'll bugle all your all yeah. your cuz it's yeah. a, it's a form of communication yeah. so we're we're I think what you're getting at is pre-rut activity, post-rut activity. Um, and a lot of people confuse that. You know, so, so the rut happens the same time every year. The cows go into estrus the same time every year. It's all right around um, you know, within 5 to 10 days of September 22nd or 23rd. It's in coordination with the autumnal equinox. It's when the days and the nights are of equal length. Yeah, the the light from the sun that gets into the cow elk's eyes is what causes them to go into estrus. That's the rut. 
end of discussion. There's really not much more to talk about there. That's science fact, not science opinion. So that's the rut. Now activity, the, the elk's activity, the bugling, the moving, the chasing of the cows, the, 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 I mean, they're early right now. They're still batched up, like you said. Yeah. September 1st, and they're still batched up. That's... These are the things that are affected by food, water, weather, weather heat, cold, yeah. full moon, new moon. Um, these are the things that affect, that are, that, that are affected by that. So your pre-rut activity and your rut activity and your post-rut activity are determined by those factors, predation. Um, but the rut itself, same time every year. So when people are talking about, well, the ruts can, I think the rut's going to start early this year. What they're meaning is how earlier is that pre-rut activity going to start? How early are those bulls, you know, going to start uh, rubbing, start wallowing, you know, uh, doing those types of activities, which um, I think that's they probably internally are probably talking about that, but they, you know, you and I are people who believe that words have meanings, correct, and yeah. that you ought to speak correctly when you're speaking about something. Correct. So yeah, that it's very important to us. Like like you said, the rut the rut is the, the when the cows go into estrus. Uh, pre-rut activity um, is what most people consider when the bulls start bugling, um, when they start gathering cows and stuff like that. That's affected by several different factors. But and so we saw a little bit of that. Yep, we, we did. saw a, a nice bull mm-hmm. uh, scraping. I know bugling, um, tearing up the grass with his horns. Um, really cool sight. Uh, we had my little boy with us, so he was able to see that. Uh, really cool. Wish we could have got it on film. Just a little bit too little, dark. A little too dark. Um, you know, they were a little far away from us, but we watched it through the binoculars and uh, really cool. We bugled at him. He uh, bugled back. He bugled back. There was another bull over the hill that bugled at him, and he would kind of go towards them and, and, and bugle at that bull and then turn around and bugle at us. You know, uh, my assumption is he was saying, These are my cows. Mm hmm. And um, he's really the only one that we saw that had cows with him. Absolutely, yep. All all the other bulls that we saw, and and there was three other bulls with him and his cows. Yes. You know what people would call raghorns or satellite bulls. You know nothing that was going to challenge him. Well, there was that one that was decent. He I was don't decent. think he was a yeah, challenge. He wasn't going to challenge him. Yeah. And then the other bulls that we saw, um, well, we saw one group of bulls that had you know eight or ten, uh, you know, and they ranged anywhere from. You know, a little raghorn to maybe a 300 class bull. I don't know if there was a 300 yeah. in there. Close though, maybe 280. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they were bashed up. Yeah, they were all bashed up. Everything yes. else we saw was bashed up. We saw a couple of herds of cows that were just cows, no bulls around them. So that um, kind of a bummer for the early archery hunters this year because the pre rut activity is pretty slim right pretty now. Pretty slim right now. A lot of bashed up bulls. And that could change you know get a cold front come through absolutely uh you just never really know i I mean i think i'm one who is a firm believer that watch your weather watch your weather um yeah watch your weather uh another thing that people talk about is that that moon moon phase let's touch on that really quick because 
there's a lot of people out there that think that when there's a full moon, your elk are going to be up all night feeding, and you're not going to see them in the morning. Um, again, you know, we like science fact, not science opinion. Uh, something that I heard my whole life growing up around a campfire. Those are the stories that you get. They did studies on this, GPS collared studies on elk that proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that elk are not moving any more during a full moon than they are the new moon. They are moving during both of them equally. Uh, not enough difference. I think the difference was they... they uh, so in the elk study, they, so they did... They did Deer studies and elk studies. In the elk study, it was more of a, a time. And in the deer, it was a distance. So the deer actually traveled six meters less during the full moon than the new moon. And the elk were active like, like three, or, three or four more minutes. Yeah during the full moon than the new moon. And this was a multi-year study. This wasn't just... Right. I mean, you got to establish some sort exactly. of pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to have the baseline. You know, So this is a multi-year study that they did on these collared elk. Um, and so they've established that the full moon is not causing elk to get up and eat all night. And it just makes sense because, you know, just like us, you can only eat so much before you're full. And then you got to sit down and digest that stuff. And that's what they do. And their feeding times are predominantly the same. Their main feeding times, you know, they're going to get up in the morning and they're going to feed till they're full. And then they're going to do that again in the evening. Um, and they'll browse at other times, you know, grab a snack here and there just like we do. Yeah. But they're going to eat a couple of meals and then that's it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... Coming back to, you know, the pre-rut activity, the signs that you see from elk, you have to take that into account depending on what hunt you drew. Mm -hmm. If you're an archery hunter, that's all the sign that you want to see. You want to see those fresh rubs. You want to see, you know, tracks, scat, wallows. But you start getting into October when we have our hunt. You're not, you shouldn't be paying as much attention to rubs, scrapes, or wallows mm -hmm. because all that's going to be old sign mm -hmm. from the rut activity. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I've fallen into this trap. You know, I've gone into a, you know, back when I was an early hunter, gone into a place and saw a bunch of rubs and saw, you know, some scrapes and some old wallows and thought, sweet, there's some elk in here. Well, there were at one point. Yeah, a month ago. <laughs> but there may not be now, mm -hmm. uh, you know. And so really what you're going to start looking for in your October hunts, your rifle hunts, are going to be... Your tracks. Your tracks. Your droppings. Your droppings. Droppings being the Activity in the area that mm -hmm. indicates that there are elk there other than the rut activity signs. Yep. Yep. And that's... And I think one of the biggest things that, that people overlook or, you know, forget about is, especially during the rifle hunt, you have to pay more attention, I think, more attention to the habitat signs. Yes. 
Yeah. Where are you going to find elk? Because you're not going to be able to listen to them and go to them. They're not going to be bugling like they are in the archery hunt. Not as much. Not as much. And so you need to be astute learner Mm -hmm. of this is where we saw a ridge coming in Toby Meadows. Mm -hmm. You said, this is where I'm going to kill my elk. I did. Because this this ridge Mm -hmm. is fairly well covered. And then they've done some thinning in there. And so along the meadow's edge, they've thinned out the conifers. And so there's just Mm -hmm. the the, the aspens, which gives those elk a chance to come out and look, make sure there's no predators. Mm -hmm. And then they move out into the meadow. But that ridge is perfect because it comes from a bedding area to a feeding area, Mm -hmm. a watering area. And that's what you need to be looking for. Uh, That's where you need to be looking for tracks, looking for scat. But you until you get on the ground you're not gonna be able to tell well no. there's elk here no and you know and we talk we talk a lot about that we talk about the the virtual scouting and I'm, I'm gonna put a video together eventually i promise guys um we talk about the virtual scouting get on google earth it's invaluable um and so when you get on google earth and you start that that's kind of your pre-scouting you're gonna you're gonna find these areas that you like things that you like about it, ridges, saddles, you know, canyons, all that kind of stuff. And then you're going to go out in the field like we did and you're going to look around and you're going to you're going to find some things that you like boots on the ground. And then you're going to go back to that Google. Why? To learn. More information the better, you know, like that ridge. I'm going to go look at that ridge. Now that ridge is not in the area that we are looking at beginning our hunt but i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna get on google and i'm gonna look at that ridge for a couple of reasons i'm gonna look at it and i'm gonna see just like a topo map i told you i, I want to get a topo map because you want to find benches for bedding areas um, you want to identify travel routes you want to identify water and and so you've got this pre-scout done that has a general overlay of some water and some spots that you want to look at and some spots that you might want to use for glassing. Well, and then you get out there in so the field you, so you and use you the, see... You use that pre-scouting mm-hmm. to identify, yeah, this might be an area I want to look mm-hmm. at because, look, there's a dirt tank. But then you, hopefully you're using your scouting to go out there and say... No tanks rain this year. Dry. This dirt tank's dry. Exactly. I'm going to have to look somewhere else. And so one, you identify several places yeah. and then go look at those. One of the things that I do is I'll I'll, I'll identify glassing tents. You know, so I'll I've got a a spot that I think is going to be really good for glassing, and then we'll go out there and we'll climb up on that spot and we can't see shit. So now I've got to find a different one. You know, we may find one while we're out there, but this gives that gives you ideas. It gives you a plan, uh, and you you know. Plan your work, work your plan, and you'll be more successful every time. Yeah. Um, so now we've got some information in our heads. I'll go back and um, I'll get on Google Earth. I'll try and identify some some bedding areas, some travel routes and stuff like this to the area that we found specifically that we want to hunt. And um, hopefully that'll give us enough knowledge to turn this into a successful hunt, you know, we did talk about it in a pre in a previous podcast. You know, 
all told, I think what, 20 elk taken out of this unit entirely last yeah. year? Out of it's all just, the hunts. Yeah, there's just not a lot of elk come out of this unit. Yeah. Period. So there's three of us, and, and we kind of think that one would be a successful hunt. If one of us harvests an elk, we're going to consider that successful. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to attempt to take three. Yeah. You know, so uh, we'll go back, we'll look at Google, um, identify a few more things about the specific area that we now know that we are going to start with. Um, and then I'll, like you said, my ridge that I really like, I'm going to try and identify some some terrain in and out of there and maybe I can make that prediction come true. Let's hope so. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. So, you guys, uh, <clears throat> this is the type of stuff that you should be talking about with your buddies. This is the type of stuff that you should be uh, preparing for when you when you go hunting you want to be as knowledgeable as possible um, again this doesn't guarantee success because no. the, you know they're wild animals they move around they're you know they could be here today there tomorrow <clears throat> but the more that you educate yourself the more that you learn about the animal that you're hunting and what it likes where it is um, the more success you're going to find because you start to understand the animal. These animals aren't mystic. They aren't, um, <clears throat> you know, fairy tale creatures. Fairy tale creatures. <laughs> you know, if you can start thinking like, and that's a, that's a it's a poor way to say it. I hate when people say, "Oh, think like an elk." It's hard to think like an elk because no. you're not an elk. But if you start thinking scientifically, here's what elk need: they gotta have food, they gotta have water, they gotta have shelter, they gotta have space. This is an area where all of those are uh, available within a small or a short distance. Good likelihood there's probably gonna be elk here. Mm -hmm. Then you ground truth that and identify travel corridors identify that sign that we're talking about trails scat um tracks you know if you're in the archery and you get to you know play with that pre-rut activity you're looking for wallows uh, rubs and scrapes mm -hmm. but all that information uh is out there you just gotta work for it mm -hmm. yep it's all a piece of the puzzle, and you know, the more pieces that you put in line and, and fit together, the more likely you are to get the complete picture. So, come and uh, join us on Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, um, Twitter. We have a webpage, notagrandeoutdoors.com. Um, hopefully, we will have some merchandise, some hats, and some t-shirts. Um, remember last week's episode, uh, Hunt It Forward. Keep that in mind as you go through your daily business. And um, Hopefully these are the things that you're going to be passing on to, to others. Absolutely. This type of knowledge. Uh, pass it on to others. Share it. Um, if we want to continue to to do what we love doing, 
uh, we're going to have to fight for it, and we need more on our side. Yes, sir. So, so hashtag hunt it forward. Adios. Adios.